This is Think Out Loud on OPB. I'm Dave Miller. A new Oregon law will allow hospitals to return amputated body parts to patients for cultural, traditional, or spiritual reasons. For some members of the Confederated Tribes of Warm Springs, keeping a body together can help ensure a smooth transition to the spirit world. But in the past, state law made this either difficult or impossible. Senate Bill 189, which was spearheaded by the St. Charles Health System and the Warm Springs Tribe, will change that. Shiloh Tibbet is the manager of caregiver inclusion and experience at St. Charles Health System. She's an enrolled member of the Confederate Tribes of Warm Springs, and she helped push for this new law. Wilson Wiwa is an oral historian and spiritual leader with the Confederate Tribes of Warm Springs. He has also served as the director of senior services for the tribe for the last 40 years. They both join me now. Welcome to Think Out Loud. Hi, Dave. Yeah, thanks for having us. Glad to be here. It's great to have both of you on. Shiloh, tip it first. What kinds of medical situations could lead to amputations? Yeah, well, Dave, I do want to say thanks for highlighting this story because it is such a significant change that's coming for Oregon law that will impact all Oregonians. Uh, there are a number of, of issues, just like anyone else, that um, may require amputation or removal of a body part for people, Oregonians and others, uh, things like motor vehicle accidents where there's damage um, to a body part and a variety of chronic illnesses that can result in the need for amputation. What in the past has happened to body parts that are removed? In the past, so by Oregon law, amputated body parts are not, we cannot return those. We're not able to return amputated body parts to individuals. They are seen as pathological waste, so they're sent to our lab. Um, in healthcare systems, they're sent to the lab um, where they are disposed of according to um, Oregon law. Hmm. Wilson, we will, what kinds of conversations have you had over the years with tribal members about this? It's been real difficult to counsel our tribal uh, members, most of them uh, in the latter part of their lives um, because of neuropathy or because of amputations and not being able to receive their um, amputation back, back from the hospital. And so it has caused some trauma because of our um, cultural beliefs in being whole and in our spirituality um, one of our saying is um one body one mind and so if you if you look at the deeper context of in the language of one body that means the whole body that means the whole spiritual realm of the body. Um, and so when there's an amputation, um, most of our tribal members know that uh, we need to be whole at the time of our leaving this world to the next. In the past, I think there was some leeway in allowing our people to receive the body parts but as time has gone on 
a lot of education was needed to convince um, hospital systems, the state of Oregon, uh, people that do their legal thinking to show the importance of body parts to tribal members. Hmm. And it's been a battle and it has caused a lot of trauma with our tribal people because uh, they have the expectation that we will take care of the body part uh, in a correct way, our spiritual way, um, so that when their time comes to leave this world, that they'll be um, back together again as one. And so trying to convince both the hospital systems and the patient that we're moving in that, that direction has been hard. This new bill that has been passed is going to alleviate a lot of the trauma that I've seen our people have to endure. Did this and ever lead? Uh, sorry to interrupt, but wasn't me. But did this ever lead people to choose to not get the care that health professionals said they needed? Absolutely. It has led to, unfortunately, the the death of some of our people because they've chose not to get an amputation, and because of the gangrene, because of the nerve. Neuropathy, um, because of the strip that was associated with um, the reasoning for having the amputation, well, it was allowed to take its place. And so the person that could have benefited from amputation chose not to be amputated and um, lived a short life thereafter, which meant our community. The family of the deceased had to live with that trauma of losing their loved one. Dr. Tippett, when did this issue come to your attention? Yeah, like Wilson said, it's it's been going on for a while, but last last year, probably September-ish, um, we really got um, active about making some changes. It came to me last spring. Um, there was a, a another issue that came up with a tribal member who was hesitant to seek the medical care needed because they weren't able to have their amputated body part returned to them. And so we just grouped together uh, key players and thought a lot. We met a lot and had a lot of discussions on what we could do to make this right. Um, not just uh, do what we could within the law, but we really wanted to see what we could do in accordance to the beliefs and traditions of our tribal people. And I should note that that obviously we were we have been talking about a specific cultural and spiritual belief that, that is tied to the Warm Springs tribe, but it's not totally unique. Members of other cultures and faiths around the world 
also have very long-standing understandings of keeping a body together for, for various ways. So this is, uh, if not universal, it's also not super uncommon among people all over the world. But I'm curious, Dr. Tippett, how you at St. Charles involved the, the Warm Springs tribe in the legislative process? I think that it's a great question. What We just got some alignment. There is already work being done within the tribe, um, the desire that Oregon law would uphold tribal law. We heard again and again, tribal laws older than Oregon law. Um, so why can't we uh, uphold that? So we just got some alignment of work that was already being done. And we, it couldn't have happened without it. That's a really great part of this. This story is that uh, we decided to really proactively um, learn from the community of Warm Springs so that we could make appropriate changes. So it started with uh, last year, we went down to Warm Springs to a, a health fair that happens annually. And we interviewed uh, almost 80 people to say, did you know about this law uh, where, as Oregon law states, we're not allowed to release amputated body parts back to the patient? Did you know about that? And what are your thoughts on it? And the overall picture um, that we got from community members was that we should have our amputated body parts back. That's the way it was before Oregon law. Those are traditions um, and customs, and we want those body parts returned to us. So after getting that feedback, we knew there wasn't, we couldn't sit on that. Uh, we knew we wanted to really work to um, help pave a path to changing Oregon law. So from there, we met with uh, the Culture and Heritage Department in Warm Springs. We met with their overseeing board and they gave us the go ahead. Um, they said, you have our support. When you meet with tribal council, um, let them know that you met with us. And, um, you know, they backed us 100%, which was really great. So we then met with um, the Oregon Tribal Cluster Meeting uh, to let them know our plan so the other tribes in our region could be aware and speak up if they needed to. And then ultimately, we went to tribal council, um, and, and there was a great discussion. The tribal lobbyist was there, and uh, Wilson was there, gave some great words. Yeah, we had our attorneys there, um, and we were given the go-ahead to move forward, and that was last fall, around last fall. And so that we just like hit it head on starting in January. So it's been a process of about one, almost exactly one year since this started that we're able to impact change. Hmm. Who specifically will be able to receive body parts now under this legislation? I, I assume you can't just say, hey, I, I, I want my my foot that uh, that was taken because of diabetes. You, you have to say more than that, right? Yeah. It's for people who can uh, show that they have spiritual, cultural, and religious beliefs that would um, warrant the return of the of an amputated body part to them. So yeah, it's, it's, it's not just for everyone. There are guidelines that it's for people who hold those beliefs. And what will this mean on hospitals' parts? I mean, what will they need to do uh, on their end um, once this law is fully implemented? 
as with any new law, I think there's going to be a trial and error phase and that it's going to have to be ironed out as it gets started and as it becomes public um, through your interview and as people find out about it, uh, there's going to be a trial and error phase That's that probably the state, uh, that the tribes, that like you mentioned earlier, other cultures that may want to be a beneficiary of this law are going to have to iron out. And I think that's really important in order to meet, meet the needs of the people because a lot of people have spiritual beliefs regarding their wholeness of body. Yeah, I think raising awareness uh, so that the public knows that this is an option externally, internally, we we have the usual work to do, right? Like policy development and providing education to our large healthcare system around the new practice. Um, I will share that while this has been so important to our our tribal people, it's also extremely important to our healthcare workers. Over the years, there's been uh, people who work in the lab, leadership in our lab department, as well as surgeons and other healthcare providers who haven't felt um, good about this at all. They have not felt um, that it's right morally that they haven't been able to return an amputated body part to someone who holds such a significant spiritual um, belief that it needs to be returned to them. So the huge impact has also been on our healthcare workers who um, slowly providing education to them about this upcoming change in law. And there's a lot of celebration and excitement that finally something that has been important to so many people is now achievable uh, because of this partnership and the work we've done to change legislation. Wilson, we will, before we say goodbye, I'm curious what precedent you hope this sets for, for going forward for how healthcare systems can respond in better ways to the cultural needs or spiritual needs, religious needs, human needs of the communities that they serve. That healthcare systems need to be aware that all cultures have eyes to the creator and that Christianity is not the fix-all, that more important in the healthcare profession, that irregardless of who the person is, that they have some type of belief that ties them to their health. And because of that, healthcare systems need to be open to address people's beliefs. And sometimes the laws aren't conducive to that type of a relationship. And many times laws are made by people that have never had to deal with this type of a trauma within their own family or within their own culture. And because they haven't had to deal with it, there hasn't been the education out there to promote a better way of looking at people's holistic health. And so this is something that is long overdue. And I think it's going to pave the way um, if we do it right to a better understanding between the patient and the healthcare system in how to take care of themselves. 
It could also inevitably mean longevity for those people who choose um, to go through with the amputation and to receive their body part and extend their life because they've made that decision rather than to keep their body whole and then to end up um, passing away as a result of wanting to keep their body whole. Wilson, so we were, I think it's a good opening for that. Wilson Wewa and Shiloh Tippett, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for highlighting this um, new approach to healthcare. Wilson Wewa is a storyteller, oral historian, and spiritual leader for the Confederated Tribes of Warm Springs. He has served as the director of senior services for the tribe for the last 40 years. Shiloh Tippett is a licensed clinical psychologist and enrolled member of the Confederated Tribes of Warm Springs and the manager of caregiver inclusion and experience at the St. Charles Health System. They both helped push for this bill that became a law, it'll make it possible for hospitals to return amputated body parts to patients for cultural, traditional, or spiritual reasons. Tomorrow on the show, we're going to talk with two Oregon cherry farmers about the challenges they have faced this season. A wet spring delayed the summer harvest, then a glut of fruit from other West Coast producers sent prices plummeting. Now cherry farmers are appealing to Governor Tina Kotek for disaster assistance. If you don't want to miss any of our shows, you can listen on NPR's app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Our nightly rebroadcast is at 8 p.m. Thanks very much for tuning in to Think Out Loud on OPB and KLCC. I'm Dave Miller. We'll be back tomorrow. Think Out Loud is supported by Steve and Jan Oliva, the Rose E. Tucker Charitable Trust, Ray and Marilyn Johnson, and the Susan Hammer Fund of the Oregon Community Foundation. Thank you.